BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. We are here with my friend Jack. What's up, Jack? What's up? Oh wait, I for- totally forgot to ask you. Can I say your last name? Yeah, later. Okay, on. Jack Mulqueen, everyone. Friends for the infamous. for almost. Uh, Half, for Definitely. almost half of our adult Definitely. life, uh-huh. by it's, my count. It's true. It's true. Um, I remember Jack as um, just a like a lady killer. Um, is that the word? Yeah, you could say that. Back, <laughs> back, back in the day, uh, done a little bit of a full 180 since then. But so, well, for people that don't know you the way that I do, where are you from, and how old are you? Yeah, so I, I grew up here in New York City. Uh, I'm pushing about 28 years of age now, last I checked. And um, I work in uh, nightlife, hospitality, food and beverage, event production, uh, a jack of all trades, one might <laughs> no say. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, um, I've definitely never so... said that one before, by the way. <laughs> um, and what's your current relationship status now? Yeah, so as of uh, about three years ago, I've been with my girlfriend, Daniela. Uh, we live together here in New York City. We've lived together for almost a year now. Awesome. Um, Where do you guys live? Uh, on the Upper East Side. So oh, wow. Just Getting stones, ready for a family. Yeah, stones throw away from uh, where I grew up. But it's been nice living there because, you know, especially in my line of work, I spend so much time downtown downtown can be very hectic mm-hmm. um you know there's that see and be seen element to it yeah uh up, uptown is very sleepy so i go out in my sweatpants mm-hmm. uh you know sometimes i'm on high alert when i go to Cinderella because all of the older yentas can be oh, a little always. bit stressful there but uh for the most part it's very relaxing and mm-hmm. low-key which i like totally there's definitely a burp Lay it out. Yeah, it'll come back. Like, yeah, okay. but it'll come back. <laughs> um, um, okay, so that's a real... So what's really interesting about you is that you work in nightlife. And um, we've had... I guess I would say the closest guest to you to what you do is Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always interesting to see what... How, like, dating plays a role in that. Um since you started working in nightlife, how would you say it has affected your dating life? Has it made you want to be, you know, like at first, did you want to be more, you know, promiscuous? I wish there was a better word for that. We were just talking. Yeah. So, you know, nightlife by nature, 
attracts uh, an element of people who want who want to participate in it from a, from a career standpoint. Um, you know, there's a very low a very low barrier for entry, and I think that a lot of people get into it for the wrong reason, and and a lot of that might be this perceived glory or. Uh, which let me tell you is very fickle and tenuous and you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, but, you know, additionally, there's all of the glitz and the glamour per se mm -hmm. that uh, is deeply ingrained within the fabric of and the lore of uh, this city's nightlife. Um, and, you know, for me at a very young age participating in that, certainly like, you know, there was uh, an attraction to it. But, you know, as you get older, you start realizing that you know, it's a very surface level attraction and mm -hmm. you start, you know, the, the longer and the more time you spend in it, you begin discerning, you know, who are the really quality people, um, you know, who are who, who have their head in the right reason and have like a good mind for the business acumen that comes with it and who are just uh, the imposters and you start, you know, aligning yourself with the right people and, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully good things come from that point. Totally. Is it competitive in the industry? Like, are you friends with other people in nightlife or are you kind of like fake friends? Um, we had Danielle Bernstein on and she was saying, you know, it's hard like to be so close with people in the same. That's a very good question. And it's something that I think about a lot. Um, I've had an opportunity to speak to a lot of my peers from other cities. Uh, my peers in Montreal, mm -hmm. Uh, a guy by the name of Zach Maklovich who owns a few businesses up there. Like Nightlife? Uh, yeah, he has... I, I heard that Nightlife in Montreal is like all like mafia. So there, so there is a, a, a mafia component to the supper clubs and whatnot. And, mm -hmm. and Zach is actually, you know, a young upstart from, from Montreal who has had to push back against that and, and has now opened four very successful businesses completely free of mafia control and there's also a uh, there's also like a very long tenured uh deep house after hours nightclub there called stereo which is oh like uh, stereo uh our stereo yeah it's Remember completely that? yeah yeah <laughs> from the it's good times uh stereo completely different but um but they actually were when they first opened they refused to pay the mafia and they started getting firebombed. No. Yeah, like actually like out of Goodfellas, like people throwing Molotov cocktails that into their so businesses. Scary. And, you know, they put their, uh, you know, put their heads down and continued to operate. And they've been around for 10 years now. And uh, it's an incredible edifice. It actually opens at 4 at four a.m. And they don't oh, serve alcohol. Oh, I've heard alcohol. of places like that. Um, uh, in Berlin, there's one as well. Yeah. And uh, there are many in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And um, but anyway, so going back to your question, because yeah. I, I digressed a little bit, um, I think that competition uh, innately, it's something that's hardwired into our characteristics as as New Yorkers. You know, we grow we like we get out of bed immediately and we're on edge. Maybe there's a homeless person screaming at you as soon as you walk out your door right. or you're on the subway and you're jostling to get onto the moving car. So I think that competition is something that's hardwired into our DNA but mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it pains me because I see a lot of my peers in other cities elevating each other mm -hmm. uh, because they have a mutual respect for one another 
Uh, and here in New York, I, I don't really see that as much, mm. unfortunately. I smell a reality show. <laughs> I've been approached, but... Have uh, you? Yeah, but... Uh, what networks, if you don't mind? I, I don't recall. It was some uh-huh. generic casting email, but... That's incredible. Um, you know, being I'm, discreet is kind of turning into my MO a little bit, so... It's necessary. Well, um, I can't wait to share that secret that you told me to the yes. world. Yes. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. So future... <laughs> So future podcast listeners, because you're listening to this in the future, oh, true. most likely you might have even heard by now that, oh, there's, a, that, qu- that, that, that there's a new space new on space. the horizon. New space alert. Breaking news. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so I can, tell awesome. you, I can tell you the name of it. Can't. Though. I can. Oh, can. Yeah. Oh, let's fucking hear it. Yeah. It's called Make Believe. Oh, I love that. And let's go to make believe. And the the sig of it yeah. is that I feel like nowadays we have this social media persona that we all put mm. forward. And everybody has this uh ideal image that we portray so it's like we'll come here and portray your fake image yeah and is it going to be instagram worthy like will there be spots you know what i'm saying so yeah so every space now it's become the mo has like an instagram thirst trap right and like um, a neon sign yeah but and 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 we were kicking the tires on and we said neon signs are a little bit played out fully uh we do have something that i personally am working on so i guess with a numer of a numerous a couple of artists who yeah. are near and dear to me. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a joint collaboration from a couple of artists uh, kind of overseen by myself. And I think that it will be very Instagram worthy. I can't share much details beyond that. But going back to the concept of make believe, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the modern sense of the word, you think about, you know, our, our Internet personalities. But this uh, this concept of of kind of putting on a hyperbolic uh, caricature of yourself when you go out mm. is nothing new and, and it predates no. social media. I mean, you think about our parents when they used to go to places like Studio 54 and whatnot and the way that they would dress up and be so glamorous. And then you even go back further to Roman times and you mm. think about, you know, the parties that Caligula and Nero used to throw that were almost hedonistic in nature. And we've been partaking that? in make-believe for a very long time and mm. you know there's a sense of escapism to to i call them wet businesses you mm. know bars lounges yeah. um you know people use them as ways to you know you're basically paying a premium to forget about all of your worldly troubles and mm. and hopefully try to get laid so uh yeah. that's always been the end goal <laughs> is to get totally. everyone laid <laughs> speaking of getting laid let's go back to dating um, for a second so dating so you have a girlfriend now can we say her name? Yeah. Her name is Daniela. Great. So, sup, Daniela. Sup, Daniela. You're my favorite. <laughs> Shout out. So, is it hard when you and Daniela, um, you know, if she wants to have, like, a chill night in and you have to be at the club because something happens last minute and no one else can be there? I don't know if that's happened before. Oh, but, yeah. Um, what's that like when you have a girlfriend? So, Daniela is my most loyal patron. Mm. Yeah, she's there quite a lot, which is amazing because uh, the nights tend to go a lot quicker when she's on site. That's great. And, um, you know, it's been it's been an adaptive process because our hours are so different. And, uh, 
you know, she and I have always been looking at, at the macro um, and it's important to, to, to look into the future and determine, you know, the five year, the 10 year plan. Mm -hmm. We knew that uh, the plan was always for me to begin pivoting the career to a point where I wouldn't have to be out late at night anymore, because obviously that's not sustainable when you get older and you start right. thinking about having children. But um, but she's been immensely supportive uh, of my endeavors. And uh, yeah, I mean, she's really a one like I couldn't I couldn't do it without her. So that's awesome. And let's talk bigger picture a little bit um, with like modern dating in general. Where do you think that bars and clubs kind of come into play? Um, do you think that it's getting to be embarrassing if you meet at a club like and it it's almost better if you meet out like where did you meet Daniela? yeah so my girlfriend and i met at a club there you go we met at provocateur oh my god and, out of all uh, places yeah, isn't that we, like a very a very very intense club yeah so so she and i have a very similar taste in music and mm. we actually got kind of introduced by a mutual friend uh, wow, you just gave me an idea to have an app that just matches people based on their taste in music. That's an amazing idea. Should I even, should I even have I'll said that? I'll finance it right now. No, please. Yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, but continue. It, music is a really important component to people's really relationships. Is. And it's, of, it's often a deal breaker. Like I've, you mm. know, when I was single, I sometimes, uh, would, that's one of the first things I gravitated towards speaking to people about. And if they spoke to me in terms that right. I didn't quite understand. And, you know, I have oh, a pretty, uh, I consider myself pretty, uh, you know, um, uh, omniscient when it comes to types of music, but they're just, sim they're just types of music that I can't uh, relate to. And well, that would be just a Just out of curiosity so that we know or can relate, what was the type of music that you guys, or what is the type of music that you guys share in common? Everything, but th on that particular night, we bonded over uh, minimal techno. <laughs> okay, that's that's new. So, so, so millennial. Uh, so we were there, and obviously, provocateur in the nightclub. They used to have some amazing uh, world world famous DJs come in and play, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, we got to talking, and I started you know kind of quizzing her because I wanted to see if she was for real, and I asked her who her favorite was. She said it was Richie. Uh, just Richie Richie Houghton okay uh, I said you're, you're you're bullshitting me because he's my favorite and she pulled up her Instagram cover photo and it was she had a on, in her cover photo she had a disposable tattoo from no. from Richie's Ibiza party that's really uh, cute and fast forward uh, two years and and Richie's a, uh, a personal friend now so it's wow. kind of come full circle and she got she got to meet him because of you yeah so so we actually that's we have a, a pretty funny story behind that. So Rich, he's a little bit older now, and he's uh, he's starting to to pivot. He's getting married in May, and mm. uh, and his and now focusing on curating a line of uh, of sakes. So he's, socks, sake. Oh, sake. Yeah. So he's partnered with breweries. In, That's amazing. It's my Japan. favorite drink. So. You know, we got to talking with him. Uh, at, I got I spoke to him at, at a gallery opening uh, at Gagosian that uh, Lily Mortimer actually oh, amazing. Uh, brought me to. Shout and, out, Lil. What's up, Lil? And, um, oh, matcha sake. There you go. Are you sensing a connection? Well, oh, no. I yeah. just That just came to me. There should be matcha sake. Yeah, the connection is that, um, you know, I like 
there's I guess I'm turning into a meme goes to Japan once and is <laughs> right. deeply inspired and but you were yeah um, but you know Rich has this amazing line of sakes and uh, one of the things that I'm that I've kind of taken the initiative upon myself to do is recondition our our friends uh, and the way that they consume this amazing spirit mm, so uh, to drink it in a more social setting instead of something that you traditionally would just pair with Japanese food mm. uh, and you know we're, we're not getting any younger right. you and I and I'm sure Thanks that for reminding me <laughs> and I'm sure that I'm not the only one who's noticing that now when when I'm imbibing spirits in copious amounts like yeah. it really hurts no, me the my day hangovers after are honestly I turn into brutal. like a serious grandma in a home I got was so hungover once I was shaking like has that ever happened to your whole oh, yeah. body's just shaking big time and you try to go and sweat it out the next yeah. day and it's just not working no. so uh sake has like a really clean uh, mm. buzz and no come down and so it's actually totally. become my favorite spirit to drink and we, now we carry it at all of our bars I so, love that mm-hmm. well I will definitely be ordering that get your get your date a sake this is a little word of advice to your mm. listeners not only will she think that you're very cultured and elegant, cultured. but uh, she will appreciate it for you the next morning. Yep, you both will. And then you can have morning sex without the hangover. Boom, there you go. Um, let's talk about dating apps for a second. Were you on any when you were single? Yeah, I was. Which ones? I was on Raya. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've had a little bit of a stint in, in all of them, to be honest. Okay. Um, uh, and, you know, again, we were kind of talking about this before we began recording, but... Um, what I noticed was that it's a very surface level attraction mm. and uh, and I feel, yeah, I mean, I feel like they condition you to making a judgment about a person based on their appearance. 100%. And, and maybe that is, you know, an important uh, quality that people look for. I mean, if you want to make sure that you're aesthetically compatible, but right. uh, it really breaks my heart to think about how many relationships have been swiped left on before they even, even began, could, yeah, even began yeah. just based simply on the person's appearance and right. how they presented themselves. Oh, so. I swiped left on one guy so many times, like on every app that I yeah. ever saw him on. And then someone set us up like IRL. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, fine, like, fuck it. I've definitely seen a and, couple of repeat yeah. offenders. Mm-hmm. And I also remember I used to I used to see someone who would accept me on one and then right. reject yeah, me on the other. Right, that was basically me, but like, like, hey, I, what, I rejected what's him all. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then I ended up going out with him, and he was like so cute. And I was like, why did I just, why was I like so obsessive over one picture? Why didn't I like give it a chance to see if he was cute in person, yeah. you know? Must have been a pretty bad picture then. It wasn't a good picture, and I, like, I really wanted to tell him that when we were dating, um, but there was no way to do it without like breaking his heart. Right. Well, he did the right thing, letting yeah. him off easy there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, okay. So did you have any like dating app dates that you went on that were like really bad? Any like catfish situations or did it more or less go well? Yeah. I mean, I had, I had a couple of catfish situations. I had, you know, I think that, I think that the, the dating app life cycle just lends itself to that of, uh, of uh you know just short and Mm. casual Mm. um and especially in a big city like new york you know the funny thing about living in new york is that you like we're also in such close proximity to one another but we're also much busier Mm. that 
it uh, it makes it harder to see people, even yeah. though we're you know we're living within five square miles of one another. Right. And what I noticed with with dating was that um, I don't know. I mean, these things just kind of fizzled out, and there was never ever. There, I never noticed any staying power. I know people who have found their significant other through dating apps, and God bless them, and I'm so happy for them. I mean, Me too. I agree that it's a great way to kind of test the waters and. And I also think that there's kind of like a, a cathartic release to, uh, you know, imagining what could be with these per- people when you're when you're swiping yeah, through them. You know, you, you start to envision, uh, you know, yeah, all the so all the potential marriage. range of outcomes yeah. that could happen with them. It's just like mental aerobics that we mm-hmm. subconsciously do when we're participating in that. Right. Um, but yeah, that, those were my experiences. I'm so you and your girlfriend have now been dating for three years. Um, do you have the same religion and, and what religion is that, if so? Yeah, so we have we have different religions. Uh, I'm Catholic and she is Jewish. Uh, and I've had uh, an amazing opportunity to, um, you know, go and visit her family during the Jewish holidays and partake in those traditions. Uh, you know, the traditions are very How important. religious are they? Um, I would say, you know, moderately religious, but very, uh, devout during the holidays Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, definitely going to temple for all the big ones. I've been to temple now, which is pretty cool. So out of you and her, who's more religious? Uh, I would say that she has a closer connection to her faith because of her family. Mm. Um, have you talked about how you want to raise your kids? Yeah, we're going to raise our kids Jewish. Oh, yeah. Would you convert? No. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was confirmed. Uh, I mean, I, that's the thing about monotheism is that uh, at the end of the day, we we all cherish the same God. And, mm-hmm. you know, despite having different beliefs, I think that that's the one thing that connects all of us together. So. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And now that you are monogamous with, with someone and in, very happy and in love, um, how do you kind of cut ties with the girls from let's say your rotation or the past or um exes and do you at all yeah so that was that was pretty instantaneous um as soon as we started getting serious um you know i i'm i'm of the ilk that uh cheating and being cheating cheated on is a rite of passage in this life. It's something that everyone must endure in either at, on one side or the other. Wow. Uh, but as they but go what through. about both? In order, what are you saying in both order or to, just one? Uh, you know, if, if, you, if you've been on both sides like I have, it will certainly, uh, you know, broaden your perspective and thoughts on the matter. But... Um, you know, when Danielle and I got together, there was a determination that uh, that I would pass along to any guy who wants to have a successful relationship, which is that you can't give, uh, you cannot give any quarter. And what I mean by that is texting another girl suggestively is cheating. Mm. Speaking to another girl suggestively is cheating. Uh, 
engage, uh, allowing a girl to engage you in suggestive conversation is cheating. And if you just nip it in the bud every time, then you will not even afford yourself the possibility to mm -hmm. go down that path. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I see guys start, you know, dipping their toe in the water, mm -hmm. it's a very slippery slope and yeah. nothing good will come from it. And, uh, and, and yes, but I, but I want to, I want to add something more while we're on that topic. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, an interesting thing that you talked about with another guest was how, you know, you begin introducing uh, your your girlfriend as she interacts with like your social media presence mm. and that's something really fascinating because it's a it's a kind of a modern phenomenon it's like how do you it's like the grand debut debut you know 100 and and a lot of times you know most of the side pieces will kind of get the hint when you do that so if they don't i feel like it's crazy right it's not a conversation that needs to be had in most cases but um you know, what I would advise is just always take the high road, mm -hmm. you know, always take the high road. And uh, and if they're nice people, then they'll understand. Yeah, I agree. And also, like, it's I mean, I agree. But at the same time, it's like you don't know in the beginning of a relationship it's if it's going to necessarily be the end all be all. Hmm. So I think there's a part of you that like wants to kind of keep test the waters. Not just test the waters, but keep like things open mm, and, keep a and contingency be plan. honest, but keep things open and yeah. say like, I'm seeing someone, I'm trying to, you know, put everything into this right now. Like, we'll see how it goes. Mm. And then like, they usually say something like, okay, well, if it doesn't work, like I'm here. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good thing to do because at that point you've been very forthcoming and it's really at their discretion whether they want to sit or, sit around or or explore other options as well. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, it's I, have, just a I have a friend who was in a relationship and there was a girl who really liked him and um she I think she like tried to flirt with him and he was like, you know, listen, I'm in a relationship and she was like, okay, well call me when you guys break up. Yeah. And yeah. um people can be he, very spiteful and he, vindictive. Yeah, who no, knew, no, no, right? but he <laughs> called her when they broke up and then they started dating. Like, and it, it wasn't like the reason they broke up necessarily, but it happened like naturally. And then he called her. And well, you know, there's that old idiom that says the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. Well, that's so. very true. And I do believe that. But, but I guess what this person did worked in a way, you know, yeah, there she, you wasn't, go. she wasn't saying, excuse me. She wasn't saying, I want to, you know, fuck you. I don't care if you have a girlfriend. She was saying, okay, well call me when you break up. Mm -hmm. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> I should do a poll question on that. Yeah. Um, what are some of the keys to sustaining a successful relationship for you're at the three year mark? Um, obviously, it's not every relationship, although even though it could be amazing, it's still work um, at the end of the day. And you have to do things all the time to ensure <laughs> that it goes well, like anything. Um, so what are some things that you do, like three things? So, well, everyone says the key is trust. Mm -hmm. and I think that's pretty obvious I mean that's like saying the key to winning a football game is scoring the most points like yeah. you have to have trust right. so that's just a de, a de facto uh, number one and we can move on uh, the next most important thing though that I've learned is uh, 
and this is the, one of the hardest things also, especially if you're an only child like I am. Are you an only child? No, you have a sister. No, right? I have a sister, yeah, but so, I forgot you were an only child. So, is she an only child? She has two brothers. Okay. Yeah. So, but they're much older than she is. Mm-hmm. So the key is... Uh, broadening your perspective to encompass that of the other person Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is most likely when you found somebody who you really care for and can see yourself spending the rest of your life with what you know it's about uh striking a balance between each other's interests and needs and a lot of time you're going to find that your interests are aligned And that's the most amazing thing because when it comes to eating good food or going to a concert that both of you partake in or traveling to a far off land, who doesn't like sitting by the beach and getting drunk? You know, I mean, these are all things that we don't have to uh, split hairs over. But when it comes down to things that one person wants to do more than the other, then there has to be a compromise because... And case in point, for example, I'm a huge gamer. Mm. Video games? I'm a big gamer. It's how I keep in touch with a lot of my friends who don't live here in New York. What games? Uh, right now, it's Player Unknown Battlegrounds, which oh. is kind of like the Hunger Games mm-hmm. on an island. But it really, it really oscillates. And what I would say is, like, for example, if I've been playing for an hour and my girlfriend has been intently watching... Maybe I don't need to to play another game or my girlfriend, you know, has uh, a gaggle of gay friends who come over to watch Housewives every Tuesday <laughs> and drink wine. And it's like, OK, maybe we can stop after the third episode of Housewives because right. we haven't spoken to Jack in three hours. Right. So little things like that, mm-hmm. that uh, I mean, and obviously that's like a microcosm of the relationship, but on a much larger scale. Uh, finding a middle ground and and aligning your interests as much as possible will lead to a very fruitful fruitful relationship. Agreed. And another little tidbit that that I would advise is uh, be a good listener. Mm. Yeah, be a good listener is super important. And uh, speaking mm-hmm. of listening, I actually am shocked that I've never talked about this on on here before. But um, being a good listener is not just listening. There's so many different types of listening. And um, I learned this recently. I was at a WeWork and Goldman Sachs event. And they were teaching you all these random things. And there was a woman who was like a specialist in listening. And she said that there's three types of listening. The first type is um, defensive listening, where you're listening when you already know what you're going to say, which is really not good listening and it and it happens a lot on podcasts when people have guests they already know the next question so they're not really listening to the guest answer i'm guilty of it too and then the second listening is um, listening to solve the problem which is what a lot of men do in relationships mm. truthfully um this is what she said so don't blame me guys um but a lot of men will like for example let's say we're dating and i'm at dinner and i'm like Jack, like, today was so bad. Like, my boss was such an asshole to me. Like, I just fucking hate work. And you, as, you know, a guy, would say, I think you should talk to your boss. And you should be like, it's not okay that you were mean to me. And I'm like, no, like, 
that's not the point. I just want you to commiserate with me for one second and be like, that does suck. Your boss is a fucking asshole. You're right. You know, but a lot of guys like want to be the hero and be like, well, this is what you should do. Um, are, do you ever see yourself doing that in your relationship? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Uh, and is she ever like, can you just fucking agree with me for one second? All the time also. <laughs> yeah. Like I mentioned, the listening thing is kind of a work in progress. Yeah. So, uh, but I think I am improving every day and yeah. I am definitely guilty of that type of listening yeah. as you mentioned, but, uh, uh, well then there's the third type, which is just like truly listening, um, with no agenda whatsoever, um, which leads you to sometimes be able to commiserate with that person a lot of times the second type of listening that you mentioned is a means of cajoling them into you know uplifting their spirits Mm. and providing them a temporary modicum of solace you know while they're getting through this problem which i think is kind of like an instinctual reaction on the guy's behalf to want to you know cajole their partner right and that's really sweet and maybe there are some women out there that do that as well and I commend you in some ways, but I think at the end of the day, like at at least in my own like world and, and like experience, I just sometimes want to feel the feelings Mm. when they come up Mm. and just like, let it, let myself be upset or let myself be mad and then move on. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like acting out necessarily like, like sending a rude email to my boss. Like, I wouldn't want my partner to like then draft an email with me that's going to like ruin the day. But well, like, yeah, I think that one of the uh, most special things about when you when you find a very special partner is, uh, you know, that you found someone to go on this journey with together. Mm. And life is uh, very fickle and capricious. And some days are great. Some days are not so great. But you empathize with your partner and when they're not having a nice time, it's about bringing yourself down to their level so that you can really feel what they're feeling and try to help them get through it. Agreed. Let's go back to being an only child for a second. When you were dating and you would tell women that you were an only child, was there any kind of reaction? Uh, not particularly. Not mm-hmm. that I remember. I think that the innate, uh, you know, suspicion is that somebody who's an only child tends to be selfish Mm -hmm. tends to not share with others but you know certainly when I was dating what I found was that I gravitated towards um, a certain one of the most frustrating parts was having to constantly repeat certain life experiences that you felt were important to flesh out your character Mm. and a lot of times those those stories which are so significant to us and and define who we are they lose that significance when you're constantly iterating that to a new person because it's just part of your kind of canned soup introduction right. that you go through when you first meet somebody mm-hmm. and they start asking about you um and so i think that that's one of the things i that's don't really that i don't miss about dating is having right. to repeat stories tell repeat telling new people that that i lost my father at a young age repeat telling new people oh isn't that funny i'm from new york city nobody's from here Mm -hmm. uh weird things like that that you know they just lose the significance when you're constantly having to repeat them but they are indelible parts of who we are as people yeah not to get deep pretty fast but i feel like um you can handle it um you, you mentioned you lost your father and 
I, I've seen the pictures of him, and he's a, such a handsome man. Um, Very dapper. He, he definitely is. Um, do you think that when you were dating before you found the one, uh, you were looking for, like, it was important to you to have a connection with the girl's father? Um, or that that was not even relevant whatsoever? And um, Or did that play in in any way? I never had a a significant enough girlfriend uh, between when I lost him when I was 21 mm-hmm. and now that I that I would really try to assimilate to their father and uh, take take them on as a as a, as a father figure I definitely have that with Daniela's father mm-hmm. uh, which is you know more than I can ever ask for he's an incredible man mm-hmm. however uh, the one thing that I noticed because my father was sick for a very long time when I and, and when I was dating when he was sick, it really only lent itself to my selfishness, and that was a byproduct of my youth, and uh, and where I was at the time in my life. But I never really gave the girl a fair shake because I was so consumed with with this problem. And how could they relate? Mm-hmm. You know, that was my rationale. And so it was almost like a spiteful and vindictive way, despite the fact that they, that, that I was using them as a bastion of strength throughout right. this difficult time. Uh, I, was, I was all take and no give. And I think that, that that contributed itself to why all of those relationships kind of flamed out. Yeah, you were selfish without trying to be or realizing you were being. You yeah. are being well, and I and and I actually deceived myself into thinking that it was my prerogative since I was dealing with this immense trauma. Right. Yeah, I think I have to cut this out, but I think the guy that I was seeing before the guy I'm seeing now was doing that because he just lost his dad. Yeah. No, it's I mean it's a yeah. terrible thing, and it's it's part of the journey. You mm-hmm. know, like we're all gonna lose our parents uh, someday, but. Ugh, yeah, on I know. Right now, I can't even. I think. know, but um, when you do, it really changes who you are as a person because it's yeah. such a and like I mean, it's crazy. It's yeah, a really crazy. I, I can only um, imagine, and it makes me have a lot more respect for my parents. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Talk to your parents all the time. Answer their phone calls. I feel that, I, and I always do, and I always like do, use an excuse to do it. I'm like, well, you never know. Like they could be calling about something serious. Yeah. But I really just make, want to talk to make them. time for your parents. Mm-hmm. G- great word of advice. And you're never too cool to hang out with them either. I'm with you. Unless they're like, you know, really terrible, which happens sometimes. Yeah. If, if your parents are bad people. Then don't hang I, out. With don't them. hang out with them. And I'm sorry. I'll be your mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about women being uh, women. And uh, in 2018, and um, someone had reached out to me on the DM and kind of asked me if I could talk about how we how it's like we can call men out and we shouldn't be afraid to whether it's you know them being distant to us or playing mind games with us and I think a lot of women are afraid to because they don't want to scare a man away. Uh, what's your thought on that? Is just I, I you don't have to call your girlfriend out, but like does she get give you shit? I I, I think that men gravitate towards women who assert themselves and have very strong characters. Mm-hmm. I think that 
uh, a woman who is vocal about about her wants and needs. Uh, that's something that's very attractive. Um, I think that <clears throat> it's human nature that as soon as you give somebody an inch, they're going to take a mile. And so if you present yourself as a pushover, then most likely you're going to have a guy walk all over you. Yeah. Um, however, I think that, uh, you know, perceiving the other person as an equal is and that's and that's more a problem for guys than girls i see a lot of my single guy friends uh they objectify women mm. you know uh and oftentimes the woman is a means to some sort of gratification mm -hmm. be it sexual or emotional but as soon as you start seeing that that person as your peer Yeah. then you're that much closer to, uh, you know, to being able to establish a meaningful relationship. I'm with you. And the, the friends that you mentioned, how can a, a girl who's single and dating tell when they're dating someone who is someone that objectifies women? Because they don't obviously do it necessarily in front of the woman. I think that one of the easiest ways to discern that is by evaluating the company that they keep. Mm. Um, there's that old saying, show me your company and I'll tell you who you are. Right. And I think that if, if the guy is a part of a wolf pack per mm -hmm. se, or something of that sort, that should be a tremendous red flag. Um, you know, in this day and age, people, people divulge so much of their personality that, you know, checking their friends' stories might, might give you a good inclination in terms of what kind, what their social and recreational activities entail. Yeah, uh, checking that, checking the person you're hooking up with stories is the new like texting about, people to see what they're doing. I'm going to take it a step further and say check their friends' stories. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Te like it's it's the new texting like a friend who's like at the same bar exactly and saying like tell me what like Jack's doing. I'll just check the story instead yep. of the friend. Yeah, it's very uh, surreptitious. You don't even have to ask. Yeah, and you don't even have to check it with your own Instagram. You can make Whoa. a fake one. How about that? Mind, Mind blown. blown. <laughs> Jinx. Um, Jinx by me matcha. <laughs> from a guy's perspective, um, what are some like deal breakers, turnoffs for you? Um, just like, no, it's not happening because she did this. Um. Well, I think that, you know, being assertive and being pushy during the nascent stages of or a relationship are yeah it's a very fine line that uh the woman has to walk and and oftentimes you know if if i feel like things are we're moving too fast you know that would i would just put the kibosh on it right there and same but same with a guy yeah absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely um so yeah i mean it goes both ways and i think that you know The feeling out process, unfortunately, at times, like it's such a, uh, it's such a silly rigmarole that you have to go through, and and I don't miss that at all. But yeah. I see friends like, oh, like, oh, should I text him? When should I text him? It's like, if you're thinking about it too much, you're just gonna psych yourself out. Right. Just be yourself, mm. and uh, and if they like who you are, then then that means they're a keeper. And if I'm they don't like who you too. are, then... Yeah. But you shouldn't have to, like, start compromising your personality to make I, them happy. I'm with you. Like, I'd rather be crazy to them than at, and myself than to be this, like, person who's being cautious. Yeah, because you're going to notice that, that it's impossible to keep that 
up forever and totally. you're just going to wind up feeling unhappy and unfulfilled and the more you start letting like as as that comfort level increases and you start really divulging your true personality and letting your inner freak fly if they're turned away by that you know they're that, not the one yeah it's funny i actually just did something that like showed my crazy a little with the guy that i'm seeing we had a conversation on the phone but i was just like not in a good mood and it wasn't like a great conversation, you know? Mm -hmm. So after the conversation, I was like thinking about how I wish it, it had gone better. And I could have just like left it, but I'm me. And so I FaceTimed him and like had to see his face. And I was like, I feel like that conversation could have gone better. And he was like, wow, th this is so unnecessary, but like fine. <laughs> I think girls might be big on, uh, you know, rectifying t uh, conversations that leave a bad taste in their mouth. Is that, than... is that a girl's thing, not just a me thing? Yeah, but but uh, then again, uh, nobody likes being spiteful and petty forever. And mm -hmm. when, when whenever my girlfriend and I do have a little tiff and we immediately like remove ourselves from the situation a little bit, like, wait a minute, mm -hmm. like, we were just arguing about something very silly and futile. Right. So goes a long way it conversation does. critical yeah have them have them so let's talk about date spot recommendations obviously you're still dating because that's what you do in a relationship you take you st you still need to yeah. go on dates yeah um what are some date spots that you like um tell us so there's that uh there's that disco song that i love it's called keep the fire burning by gwen Mc by gwen mccray yeah if you're not dating you're not dating and yeah, even if even if you've been together for x however x many years, you have to keep the fire burning. Mm. You know, you have to keep it burning hot. And oh, let's see which one. Alaska. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We're playing HQ trivia. <laughs> it's um, so distracting. Yeah, you got to keep the fire so, burning. So, so establishing routines and mm. and uh, you know little traditions. Danielle and I go to JG Mellon at eleven thirty a.m. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. And it's I, like my bacon, egg, and cheese every morning. And I just want to go on record, by the way, and say that JG Mellon downtown is not the real JG Mellon. It's an imposter. Mm. Uh, it's basically a wolf in sheep's clothing. It doesn't count. So stop posting pictures from JG Mellon downtown. It's not the real thing. And Liz Mandel would agree. Shout out, Mandel. And and there's something magic. Oh, you could say, oh, yeah, but they change the grill every four years. No. There's something magical about the grill uptown on 74th Street that you're never going to be able to capture that essence. And you will never be able to get it out of your fingers for like a week after. Yeah. But it's an amazing Which smell. Which is fine because my girlfriend likes just uh, smelling my fingers. From time yeah. Time. So, <laughs> there you go. I like smell my fingers. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a great date spot. Um, wait, what other than JG's? Yeah, so, uh, okay, I'm going to let you in on a little insider secret. Ooh. So, so many amazing restaurants downtown. A lot of times you want to go for a cocktail afterwards, somewhere very discreet, at, you know, where you're not going to see anybody. You're starting but... this like Stefan from SNL. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's a space over on McDougal Street. It's called the Up and Up. Oh. Yeah. And... Amazing cocktails, very low key. They play a lot of like fun seventies and eighties music. It's underground. It's seated only cocktail bar uh, with a three-page cocktail menu. 
really good drinks. Wow. Uh, you're not you're not gonna see anybody you know. Definitely How do you go find check. Out about it? <sighs> eater, mm-hmm. eater, eater. Twitter. Um, yeah, eater. Twitter is. A, I check the eater heat map from time to time to see things that pop up. Try to go check out the new I spots. I love that. So guys, if you're listening, take your girl to the up and up. It's different than Little Branch. She'll yeah. be impressed. There's also a new one that I heard is pretty fun, but I think it's more of a party spot. It's called uh, Ghost Donkey. Oh, yeah. I love Ghost Donkey. I went on a date there. There you go. Um, Speaking of food and places to go, something we both share is a love of food and cooking and just all things, all things food. Um, Is there another name for food? Like, is there another synonym synonym for food? Cuisine. We love cuisine. Yeah. and we're definitely not lean cuisine. <laughs> definitely not lean cuisine. Um, but what are some of your favorite things to cook? Do you cook for your girlfriend? Does she cook for you? And do you think that men should cook more? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like a man who can cook? Right? Uh, my girlfriend's an amazing cook. Uh, she's Moroccan. Oh, wow. So the tagine, uh, shakshuka, salad mm. quit, which is like a... Uh, grilled red pepper sauce that you put on baguette. Wow. Um, Yum. My specialties, you know, the chef Mulk really uh, tends to have like a like a cut like a rotation. Now my rotation mm. is that of of uh, is, dishes. Right. Love it. And um, okay, so I have a really good Chilean sea bass with uh, capers, San Marzano tomatoes, uh, peppers. Mm. Um, I have an amazing... Okay, this is super easy and I can explain it to you right on the pod. Okay, Cook bacon. Mm-hmm. Take the bacon, transfer it, uh, keep the bacon grease in the pan. Put Brussels sprouts, cut side down, fry them until the bottom... With the bacon grease? Yeah, with the bacon grease. Oh, wow. Fry them until, they're, until they are crispy and brown on the bottom. Uh, I'm going to do this. Toss in some slivered almonds. Put the bacon back in the pan with the Brussels sprouts. Kind of mix it all together, sriracha, lime, boom, done. Delicious wow. Brussels sprouts. It's that, that easy. Incredible. I just explained that to you in 20 seconds, can, and you yeah. can make it in 10 minutes. Can I tell you my Brussels sprouts uh, yeah. recipe? So I do Brussels also on like a, a low, low to medium, medium to low simmer. Mm-hmm. And I um, make sure they're crispy, and then I put a little bit of maple syrup in. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of um, honey mustard. And it literally tastes like candy instead of Brussels sprouts. And for all you guys out there who also hate Brussels sprouts and anything green, that's your recipe. And your mom will thank me if you're a young person. Eat your veggies. veggies. Cook as much as possible at home. You don't know how much salt everybody puts in their their food when you go to restaurants. So. The, the the more you get inclined to eat at home, your budget is going to thank you and mm. your, you know, your health level will increase. This I can promise you. Agreed. Yeah. No, do you have a quote that you, a dating quote? I know we've said like a couple quotes throughout, but like kind of like a mantra that you live by uh, when it comes to dating or relationships or love. Yes. I just need to think about it for a second. Okay, take your time. I'll eat my apple. Uh, um, say no as little as possible Mm, I just had this conversation it's like improv yes and yeah 
say say no as little as possible and and if you're inclined to say no just really sit down and think about it it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about making compromises and fulfilling the needs of of your and by the way this is once you're in the relationship say no a lot when you're trying to get this guy yeah 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 say say no until you have him and then Mm -hmm. stop saying no as much yeah you know my girlfriend would go a country mile to make me happy and I'm the same way. And then and then also like this isn't necessarily a mantra, but this is like something that can be applied to any relationship. There are little there are small things that mm. uh you know, shared experiences that you have uh everybody has them with their with their partner along along the way and and things that will carry a lot of significance. Um and always make sure that you, even if it's just like a small gesture to remind your girlfriend about how much you care about her, remind your partner about how much you love them. Yeah. Uh, it goes a really long way. Like case in point, um, my girlfriend and I are both diehard Star Wars fans. We live and breathe in the Star Wars space. And, uh, you know, every now and then, like, you know, I'll, I'll stop by a comic book store and pick her up like a little Star Wars trinket. And it could, it might be just something like so small, but, you know, just for her to come back from work and, and I've got her like a little gift. I That's mean, so sweet. It, like she really cherishes it. So it might be something as minute as like a $19 uh, Stormtrooper bobblehead, but just the gesture is something that really re- means a lot to her. Like you should always celebrate your partner in little ways. Yeah. That doesn't mean necessarily spending money, but like doing little things that are cute. Yeah. My girlfriend, my girlfriend travels a lot for work. And the other day she was, uh, she was away for work. And when she came back from her flight, I brought flowers. Uh, she came home. I had lit, you know, lit all the candles. I cooked her a nice dinner. Oh, this was a really crazy one. So one night she had a she had a huge party. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, it was a going away party at our apartment for one of her friends, and the the week before she had uh, she had you know made a comment to me that you know I I should do a, make a better effort about keeping the apartment clean mm. and tidy and. Oh, you cleaned up after the, her party. The, I clean, the, the morning after, she was still asleep because she had been burning the midnight oil with her friends. Mm. And despite the fact that I wasn't even home when she was having this party, I woke up a little bit early and, and cleaned up all of her party. And we were actually sitting in bed and she's saying, oh my God, I, I, I'm, that's going to be so dreadful having to clean right now. I'm so hungover. And I had already cleaned the the entire living wow. room. So I was just, I was like, oh yeah, you know, wow. but at least you had fun. And then when she went outside, she started oh she started God. crying. No, a bit. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I Honestly, like, I would have like proposed to you. That is amazing. Yeah. So it's Every just like guy the little little like gestures like that that 100%. count. You know? And that comes from that's because I listened. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Listening goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. Listen to listen. Um, and speaking of listening, thank you for listening, and thanks, Jack, for being here. Of course. And you can follow Jack on Instagram. Incredible Mulk. At Incredible Mulk. M U L C. M U L Q. M U L Q. Yeah. Right. And, and follow the journey. We will most likely be announcing yes. our new space very soon. Check and, it out. And we also have this I can announce right now uh, a weekly Thursday evening party on the rooftop of Output over the summer. Wow. Yeah, starting in May and going until September every Thursday oh, wow, from 5 wow. to 10. Love that. If, have you been there? Um, to Output? To the, I ha- to the roof. 
No, I haven't. Oh, I'm man. like a Brooklyn virgin, basically. One of the most beautiful rooftops, mm-hmm. just complete like scenic view of the city. Amazing Love music. That. So it's gonna be can't a good wait. Time. Yeah. Awesome. And follow We Met at Acme on Instagram. Oh, uh, I had some out. questions yeah. for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Stop the presses. Let's see what he has to say. So uh, I'm scared. So I actually, yeah, this is this. We did not plan this. This is coming as a complete surprise to Lindsay right now. Complete I kind of surprise. wanted to like flip to the script it. on her a little bit because, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, it's important to keep her on her toes. You know, I guess that's so. another uh, good se- you know good trick if you're just starting the dating process. Keep them on their toes. Okay, so Always. here we go. Rapid fire questions for Lindsay. We met at Acme. Ah. Round one. This pertains to uh, to your Instagram. Don't expect salads. Okay. Yeah. And if you don't follow Don't Expect Salads... Then you better. Do so now. There's amazing food pic- pictures of food. It's actually one of the ways that I determine where I want to go eat next oh, here in the city. Oh, so happy. Yeah, insider secrets. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever had someone expect salads? <laughs> and if they did, what was their reaction to your Instagram? Um, meaning, have I posted a picture of a salad before? Well, have you had someone go to your Instagram and say, <laughs> and say, I, and was, say, expecting I was expecting salad. salads and yes, were they disappointed? But I don't know if they're fucking with me or not. Like, I've had people comment and be like, what? I was expecting a salad. And have you had someone, have you ever thought about making like an, like an offshoot, like a spinoff of that, like expect salads? Someone did and they DM me and they were like, hey, you inspired me. Like, I love salads. Like, will you support me? And I was like, sure. And I followed them. But like, it, it's like very <laughs> mediocre, you know? Okay. Do better expect salads. All right, so that was like the very surface level question. Now we're going to get a little deeper. Uh-oh. Guys, are you ready for this? You and I are both native New Yorkers. Yes. Would you raise your children in New York City? So I'm, I'm actually pretty happy that you asked me this, and this is not um, too intrusive at all. I really want to raise my kids here. I think I turned out okay. And I think that it has a lot to do with my parents, not with where I grew up. And, um, and you know, myself a little bit, too. I think that I got, like, yes, we grew up faster than anyone else, but we um, got it out of our system. It's not like we were going to college and getting drunk for the first time and having our stomachs pumped, because we did that when we were 13. <laughs> um, so it's like, for that reason, I like it. Um, my cousin who grew up, who, has been growing up in New York. She's 17 and she's so wise beyond her years. Um, and I think that's because she has such a great family around her to support her. And um, the last thing I would want to do would be to be away from my family. And I think that having that support system and like having so many people around to parent your kid is why is what makes your kid great, um, regardless of where you live. Having said that, New York is very expensive, and I wouldn't want the person that I end up with to feel pressure to, like, keep up with a lifestyle that I have um, if I live here. And and then having said that, there's so many options now where you can make it not so expensive. Like, I would be willing to give up living in Manhattan. Like, I'm happy to live deep in Brooklyn or, like, in Queens, but... I think being really close to the city and not living in like a five towns um, is really important to me. What percentage of your friends now in your immediate circle are from New York City versus from elsewhere? 
Um, I would say it's half and half right now. Um, I have my my friends from BU and my friends from the city. Um, they they all kind of live here now, but I don't know who's gonna end up staying and raising their kids. Uh, I think more likely just the people that are from here originally. Would you would you surmise that the average amount of people that you know that grew up in New York City versus elsewhere that per capita mm. that more of them that grew up in New York are completely fried by the time they're adults than other than people who grow up elsewhere yes um, I think you do have a point um, I, I would say that the people that are from the city more specifically that are from money are less motivated and um, have something called affluenza in a way where a lot of them don't feel like they need to work or do anything and I think for those people a hundred percent that's you know that's not good but again it's it's where you come from and your family and if if your parents say don't worry about it sweetie from the beginning you're not gonna have motivation but if your parents say listen we're rich and you're poor it's a different story I think that uh, you touched on a really interesting point, and that is that uh, you know people who grew up in New York City have so much exposure to to everything that the world has to offer at such a young age that you become very precocious. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of positives that come from that, but mm-hmm. there are also a lot of negatives. Yeah. And what determines which side of the spectrum you will fall on, whether you will be uh, an addict or, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, we have had like, <clears throat> we've had some very dear friends of ours yeah. who have lost their life to addiction. Mm-hmm. And I like, we grew up thinking that that was the norm. Right. And then, you know, I went to Wisconsin and, and my friends from, not from New York, right. you know, that like that is just a complete anomaly they're you know, just that, like more wholesome people yeah and and so it you know it, be- it begs the question like it's kind of like rolling the dice a little bit like it gambling is. and it is. and you know do you want your because i agree with you that you know gr- growing up in new york city you, you are exposed to so much culture that uh it is giving you like a great opportunity to develop a world a world view and a world perspective but yeah. at the same time like you're very insulated yeah. so so it, it, a lot of it comes down to parenting and if you have absentee parents who are, are going to let your your ill habits that are formed just from you know being young and and rushing yourself into young adulthood yeah then you know you it's that true. really determines how you're going to come out of I it. I think it's also the private school world versus the public school world a lot. Like my cousins now, I have two cousins, two separate cousins that are in school in the city, in high school, in middle school, in lower school. And the ones in public school are still very wholesome. Mm. And the one in private school is a lot more, um, like is a little too old for her age in a way. Uh, so I think that that definitely has something to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now I have I have one last question. Let's hear it. So, uh, I'm scared. allow me as a, a, a listener of the podcast mm-hmm. to thank you for 
producing such amazing, fun, engaging content on a weekly basis. It's it's not easy, guys, what she's doing, Uh, you know, spending her time uh, interviewing, procuring interview subjects, much like myself, Mm -hmm. editing the pod, publishing it. It takes a lot of work and effort and to keep it engaging and interesting and pertinent to you. uh, There's it takes a lot of, uh, you know, ingenuity as well. And uh, so from a from an interviewee's standpoint now let me endorse we met at acme and say subscribe follow on all the social platforms leave reviews the reviews it takes a second but it really helps with the seo for the pod and and that's like a really nice way of of showing your gratitude for Lindsay for producing amazing weekly content like this and and I myself, you know, we've we've kind of talked about it as we were preparing for this. And I said, you know, I might want to throw my hat in the ring sometime soon at putting together a podcast. As I was, you should. I was kind of thinking about the format of how I would want to do it. And I thought that it might be pretty cool, you know, since I'm inclined, since I'm musically inclined to do some kind of hybrid of talk and interviewing with music. But we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, what has been the most challenging part? about producing the podcast and what has been the most gratifying part about producing the podcast? I love that question. Um, I'm going to start with the challenging so we can end on a good note. I would say the most challenging part of a podcast like this is, um, this might, this might be a surprising answer. Um, but finding, finding someone that is truly okay with it. Um, you would think that it would, it makes like dating easier, but it actually, it makes it a little more, it puts a little more weight on the person I'm with that I'm so open like this and, um, talking about such a, I guess, unfortunately taboo subject still. So that's a big part of it. I'm going to say another one just in case I want to end up taking that out. <laughs> um, I would say the biggest challenge is, um, hmm, this is a hard one. Okay, give me a second. Oh, okay. The biggest challenge for me is um, not hurting anyone's feelings. And this isn't just about someone I'm dating or, you know, friends. This is anyone in general. When you talk and you don't filter yourself, it's people get hurt no matter what. Um, people are really sensitive and I've gotten a lot of not negative, not like criticism, but comments where people have been hurt by some things that were said. So as my dad says, you can't dance at every wedding. Mm. Um, you know, you can't please everyone, but that's hard for me because I like to please everyone. (laughs) I guess what you're trying to say is keeping it 100 is no small feat. Yeah, exactly. Keeping it 100. Um, definitely, is not going to make everyone happy all the time, but you got to bring the heat or just be yourself. And the best, most gratifying part is um, everyone's kind of like reaction to it. And um, a lot of women and men have reached out saying like, this podcast has really helped me or this, this is a conversation starter for my boyfriend and I, or like we use your polls when, you know, we're bored at dinner and like even something as little as that is really like makes me really happy and I never thought that I would have 
a platform that was meaningful and not just like pictures of my boobs. <laughs> and that is like so shocking to me that people actually like want to hear me speak. I, th I thought forever because I've never had a lot of Twitter followers that people just wanted to see my boobs. Um, and the fact that people don't know about my boobs, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's the fact that people care about what we're talking about and it's not something really dumb and that's cool. Well, being able to create content is no small feat and I think you're doing an incredible job. Thank you. And I think that, you know, so much of our lives, especially uh, here in the city is spent in commute, in transit, and you don't always want to listen to music. I'm at a stage now, I, if I listen to music 100% of the time that I was listening to something, I was a then passive no listener. New music. Not only would there be no new music, but I would go a little bit crazy. So to be able to, you know, hear think pieces and interesting conversations that you're having with that, that pertain to, you know, growing up as a, as a young urban professional here in the city and, and how having, you know, relationships, how, how that integrates into our life is really important. And you're doing an awesome job Thank and you. keep up the good work. Thank so you. Proud of you. Can we hug right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're going to hug yeah. after this, but we'll hug now too. We're hugging. We're hugging. <laughs> or maybe more. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Love you, Daniela. Um, okay. Thank you so much again. Thanks for flipping the switch on me. That was really fun and not and selfless, which is something that no guest, a quality no guest has shown yet. No, I'm just kidding. I love all you guests. I do love talking about myself, though. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> um, have a good night, day, afternoon, and write us a review and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And yeah, keep it 100. Peace out. Peace.